You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. We have been in the process of studying uh, the book of Philippians. This is our fifth Sunday. I think we have one more after this in the book of Philippians. And um, we have entitled this sermon series, The Habits of Happiness, because in Philippians, um, the Apostle Paul is talking a lot about how do we uh, keep our joy in uh, our life with Christ, because that's really where it all comes from. Our joy is simply found in that. It's found in Jesus Christ. But there are things, there are things, ways that we can live and things that we can go about doing in Christ that will help us um, to retain our happiness. Because how many of you know that there's always somebody out there trying to suck our joy? I mean, it always is. The enemy's got somebody. I mean, they're not all demon-possessed. Some of them I think they are, but not all of them are. Right, but they, there's always something to suck our joy, and uh, and so the apostle Paul is really talking to the church in the book of Philippians about the happiness and the happiness that we find in Christ and things that we can do as a part of our lives, part of the things that he was doing as a part of his life to retain that and to not lose that in the midst of it. And so out throughout this uh, this letter that he writes to the Philippians, we find this that. And you put this in your notes. Happiness is not a destination to arrive, but it's a lifestyle that you can choose. And there are habits that you can embrace and choices that you can make that are going to set you up for happiness. Um, and so this morning, I want to jump right on into our text and, um, and start. So we're in Philippians chapter 3 this morning, if you want to read along with us. But I'm going to read this to you, uh, beginning in verse 1. It says this. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, we who boast in Jesus Christ and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I've got more. I was circumcised on the eighth day uh, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, of the Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, I was faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. See, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all of this. Or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on. To take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Forgetting what's behind. And straining towards what ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. From today's text, I want to talk to us about five daily habits for happiness. 
all found in Christ, all found in this life of living for Christ, all found as a part of the provision of what he can give to us, but they're habits that you and I can do as Christ followers that will secure and hold on to our joy when everything around us seems to try to suck it away. And so they're really simple. I'm going to give you five of them today. They're really simple, and quite honestly, you could do them every day in less than five minutes. Five minutes, five simple things to help you to retain your happiness, your joy. So here's the first one. Every day, relax in God's grace. Just relax. You know, it's interesting that what we sense from the Lord this morning, that this whole concept of just singing over us. See, when, when someone sings over you, there's nothing to do. You just relax. You listen. You hang out. He's just going to sing over us. We can relax in his grace and his presence. We can relax in his grace because no one has to earn our salvation. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to try to earn it or attain it. You cannot win his favor. It's freely given. If no one's told you this today, God loves you unconditionally. You need to know that every day. And when you know that, you can just relax. Relax in his presence. Relax in his grace. Stop trying you can't do it on your own. Stop trying to make things happen. You know, when we try, we're, we're, our salvation, our, our life in Christ is because we try. You know what we're doing? We're being religious. That's it. We're just being religious. See, religion is what you do for God. Relationship is what he's already given to you. See, when we're trying to do it, it's based on religion. But when we just simply relax and receive it's relationship. That's the better choice. Philippians 3, and verse 3 of our text today says this, We Christians glory in what Christ Jesus has done for us, and we realize that we're helpless to save ourselves. See, salvation is an act of grace, nothing more. There's a trap, though. The trap, whether it's conscious or subconscious, is that thinking somehow I have to be good enough. I have to earn God's grace. I have to earn my salvation or earn my forgiveness. That's a trap. It's a trap of the enemy. And the question is, how do I know when I'm doing that? Even subconsciously. Here's, here's the deal. You'll know that you're doing it when you're prone to legalism or some legalistic viewpoint. If in some way you say to yourself, uh, we serve God by doing fill in the blank. We serve God by doing ABC. That's, you're, you're, you're beginning to border there. When you say, well, you can't have a, a life with God unless you do X, Y, or Z, that's legalism, right? It's like you're trying to, it, the life with Christ is because of what you do. No, that's your, again, you're trying to do it on here. You're not relaxing in his grace. When you, when you say, well, every day, if you love Jesus, you'll do one, two, three. No, again, that's a legalistic tendency in a viewpoint and you're not relaxing in the grace that god's given to you and so that's what we want to do we want to relax relax in god's grace and so here's the thing you can do every day every morning when you get up tell yourself this one simple thing i am completely forgiven period i am completely forgiven i'm completely forgiven of what i've done i've completely forgiven of what i've thought 
I'm completely forgiven of things I didn't even know that I did. I'm completely forgiven of things that I forgot to do. I'm completely forgiven of everything that's going to happen today that might go outside the bounds of what I want to do. I'm completely forgiven, period. Yes? We do that to every day. We can relax in his grace. I am completely forgiven. Here's the second thing we can do. Every day, remember what matters most. I have to remind myself what matters most because I can fall prey to the same things that other people fall prey to. Listen, it isn't fame, it isn't popularity, it isn't my career, it isn't riches. It isn't even the typical statistics that pastors think are important. It isn't about Sunday attendance, how big the offering was, or whether we have our own facility or not, right? That's not what's important. It's not what's most important. And I can fall prey just as easily as you can as to what we think is most important. Did you know that if you actually move so fast that you actually win the rat race? Did you know you're still just a rat? <laughs> you don't want to do that, right? We want to relax. This whole idea of keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, truth be known, the Joneses, they, they refinanced everything and they're on the verge of filing for bankruptcy anyway. You don't want to keep up with them, right? It's just, it's just pursuit. It's, it's heavy pursuit, and it's not what matters. It's not the stuff. Verse 7 in our text today says this, Those things were important to me, but now I think they're all worth nothing because of Christ. Stuff doesn't matter. So I, I didn't, it's not in your notes, but I'll just tell you this. If you look at verse 8 that follows that one, verse 8, he calls it all garbage, right? This is all garbage. But here's the cool thing. If you go to the King James Version, he calls it dung. And I actually went to look it up in the Greek. You know what it means? Poop. It actually means excrement. The Apostle Paul says, look, I get it, but it's not worth anything. In fact, it's not worth poop anymore to me. Right? I count it all as worthless. We think at times that it's the things that bring us happiness, and it's not. And see, our trap here is, is our culture, especially this pop culture. Um, they're always trying to make us think that uh, what matters most is what's popular, what matters most is uh, what's current, and it's not true. It's a deception. It's a deception, and it will hinder us. It is a trap to us. See, here's the interesting thing, though. When I gave my life to Christ... He changed what mattered to me. And again, because this whole thing is in Christ, that's what I have to pursue is what matters, right, in that. Not what the culture says should matter to me, but that's the deception as I get pulled that way and I have to come back every day and tell myself what matters most, what matters most. So here's the thing you can do every day. Every morning you just simply declare what matters most. When we hear ourselves make a declaration, do it out loud, when we declare and we hear ourselves saying stuff, it reinforces it to us, to our hearts and to our minds. That was funny. Our hearts and our minds. Did you see that? That was dumb. <laughs> Can someone get me a cup of coffee? I gotta wake up. Um, our hearts and our minds. I do know where those are. Um, but it also, reinf- when we say it out loud, it promotes actions too. 
So here's your third habit, though. Third thing you can do every day. Third thing you can do is to get to know Jesus better. Get to know him better. You and I were made to live in a relationship with God. It was our purpose. And I'm going to jump straight to the thing you can do every day. You can do this every day. If you declare this one thing in the morning, say, God, it doesn't matter anything else that happens today, but I want to know you more. I don't care what else happens today, God. I just want to know you more. I just want to know you better. See, Philippians, uh, this chapter 3, verses 10 and 11 in our text, it says this. The Apostle Paul says, all I want to know is Christ and to experience the power of his resurrections. He even says, I want to know him so much that I want to share in his sufferings and become like him, even in his death, in the hope that I'll be raised to death and life in him. Right? All he wants to know is the deep things of God. He wants to know him in a way that's so intimate, so uh, aware. The trap here is this understanding, not realizing that there's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. I know about Kim Kardashian. I know about Cam Newton, but I don't know them. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes I know more about them than I wish I did. But the reality is there's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. The Apostle Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know him. I, I actually know the president of our denomination. His name is Glenn Burris. He's a friend of mine. We actually, if we call each other on the phones, we know each other's voices on the phone. We actually, actually have his cell phone number. President of our denomination. That's awesome. I don't just know about him, but I know him. From time to time, we actually text each other some little bit of encouragement. You think, well, that's really important. No, not really. The cool thing is, is this. As, as much as I know Glenn Burris, I want to know Susan Glenn so much more. But after 28 years of marriage... I want to know him way better than I know her. And you know what? She wants me to know him way better than I know her. That's the reality. The Apostle Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know him deeply. So here's the, uh, the best part, is that when we grow deeper in our relationship with Christ, it becomes a great source of our happiness. It is that. He is the source of our happiness. And so it's in Christ, right, that we can retain this happiness because we're growing in him. We're growing to know him more. So that brings us to habit number four. The fourth thing we can do is this. Every day, review where you need to grow. Where do you need to grow? You know, I I mean, I know I haven't met everybody in the world, but I can tell you this. I've never met a person who says, you know what? I just want to get worse today. <laughs> I really haven't met anybody like that. I just, you know what? Today, I, am, I, want, to, I want to step down to egg-sucking dog level. I want to be one of those. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say, I want to be a low, mean, dirty scoundrel. I'm, I'm, I'm really working towards that. We don't. We all want to be better in life, and we all want to be better at life. Everybody, whether you're Christian or not, just people just want to typically 
be better at who they are. How do you do that? Well, as Christ followers, we grow as his disciples. But the way we do that is you have to take a checkup. You have to check your pulse. Spiritually, you have to check your pulse every day. And it's just simply this. You just have to basically figure out where you are in Christ and where do you need to grow. Look, all of us need to grow. All of us need to continue to grow. And there's a really cool scripture that you can use. And you could pray the scripture and it'll help you. This is your, your daily thing that you can do is just do a little inspection. There's a verse that some people call the searchlight verse. It's Psalms 139. It's verses 23 and 24. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. It says this. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's as easy as that. Did did you know that you can be saved and not growing and not even know it? Right? But if we'll ask the Lord, if we'll ask him to search us, if we'll say, God, search me, check me out, Dig deep in me, God. That's why we need the checkup. We need the checkup so we can find those things out. If you ask the Lord things like, so Lord, is there anything? Would you search my heart today? God, is there anything I need to work on? Do I need to work on, on anger? Lord, do I, do I need to work on patience? What is that? What is, God, is there, is there any jealousy or bitterness or something inside of me that you want me to work on that I need to to deal with anything at all. And you can go back to the, even our point one today. It's like, God, how am I doing this whole thing of just relaxing in your grace? God, is there anything you want to show me? Let me see what you see in me. Now, I'm just going to tell you, every once in a while, that's a little scary, right? But here's the thing is when we ask the Lord to search us like that, he never comes and says, I've been waiting for you to ask me that question, Right? He comes along, he puts his arm around, and he says, that's a good question, son. Let me put my finger on one little thing right over here. And you're like, God, why didn't you show me that like five years ago? I've been doing that all this time. He's like, son, it wasn't re- you weren't ready yet. But today we can work on that. See, because God knows when it's time, what we need to, what we need to work on when we ask him to search our heart. But it's every day we have to ask him, Lord, search me. What do you want to talk to me about today? Sometimes it's, it's not all about bad things either. Sometimes it's like, son, you've really been doing some awesome stuff, and I just want you to know how proud I am of the way you're, you've been loving your wife. Or I've been proud of the way you've, you've held back on saying things that you would later regret. The Lord speaks to us, right? Not just about the things that he wants us to, like, he sees us negatives in us and growth, but things he sees positive in us. And he wants to reinforce in us. But we have to ask him, Lord, show me. Let me see what you see. Let me grow where you want me to grow. Verses 12 and 13 in our text today, it says this. I don't mean, the Apostle Paul says, I don't mean to say I'm perfect. I haven't learned all that I should even yet, but I keep working towards the day when I'll finally be all that Christ saved me for. And for all that he wants me to be. No, dear brothers, I'm still not all that I should be. The Apostle Paul is probably the most mature person in all of Scripture in his faith. And yet he says, I am not all that 
but I want to be all that he wants me to be. And so he's constantly looking. The Apostle Paul was constantly looking to grow. He's constantly looking to mature. He was constantly looking to discover God in new and profound ways so that he could be all of that. See, the trap here, though, is to think this. I got it all together. I got this Christian thing all together. I got life by the tail. I'm a pretty important person in what I do, in my career, in my neighborhood, my whatever. When we get that place, right, when we allow pride to think is that we're all that and that we're good and we don't have to grow anymore, we don't have to know anymore, we don't have to discover anymore, when we do that, we're deceived. And that's the trap. But as we commit ourselves to this ongoing process of growth, it opens our lives for new opportunities and helps us become all that God has created us to become. So there's one final habit today, habit number five, and that's this. Every day, forget what can't be changed and focus on the future. See, the past is the past. It's not going to change. It won't change. You can't change it. Past is the past. Done. You can, might be able to make up for some things, but you can't change them. Do you see the difference? Past is the past. Verse 13 in our text, this he says this, Paul says, I'm, beginning all, I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. See, happiness requires letting go, letting go of the pain, letting go of the offense, letting go of the guilt, letting go of the memories. It requires letting go. You cannot be happy and hold on to the past at the same time. Did you know that? You got a choice. You can hold on to the past or you can grasp for the future. And you can find your happiness in him because he is your future. But you can't do both. So I say let it go. Let the past go. There are two traps here. Two traps in this area. One is regrets. That's the stuff that you've done to other people. And in you, they create guilt and shame and regret. But the other trap is the other side, and it's unforgiveness. It's the stuff that you've done to other people. I'm sorry, it's the, it's the stuff that people have done to you. And it creates bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness. And they are both equally difficult traps to get out of. They will ensnare you and hold you, and they will keep you from the freedom that Christ has. But if you'll ask him, if you will let go of the past, right? You let go of yours, and you will ask him to unravel your chains. He can set you free, and you can pursue the future, and you're not stuck to that place. See, that's the problem with the trap. If you're in it, if, you're, if your leg's in it, you're stuck. You know, he looked like a, like one of these guys on the Final Four. It's like he's looking for a player to pass his ball to, right, without traveling. He's stuck there. Once you get in the trap, you can't move. You're going to always stay there. You don't ever get to, to your future. You never get to your happiness. Why? Because you're stuck there. If we get caught in the trap, and this is in your notes, of regret or unforgiveness, it can rob us of, ha- un- it can rob us of our happiness 
We must be willing to forgive and let go of the past to find the happiness in the present. So every day you have to tell yourself this. I will not dwell on the past because my future is in him. Every day. I will not dwell in the past because my future is in him. And I'm going to tell you, I get this from personal experience. Sometimes you have to do it for a long time. Sometimes you have to do it for a lot of days. I've talked to you in the past about some of the things that Susan and I experienced in ministry before we ever come to Grace Covenant. For two years, I had to tell myself every day, I will forget the past, I will forgive them, and I choose my future in Christ. Every day for two years before I ever even began to truly feel it, before I was truly free. But here's the great thing. Is that to the when you get to a point, I actually saw six and a half years later, I saw the Lord fix all the hurts, restore all the wounds, restore all the relationships. Right. Because I chose not to live in the past and I chose to pursue a future with him. It wasn't about all this other stuff. So in closing today, we've said five things. Simply this, every day, relax in God's grace. Remember what matters most. Get to know Jesus better. With his help, review where you need to grow. And forget what can't be changed and focus on the future. These habits will help us live with joy. It's the happiness that Jesus gives. And it's only found in him. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Some Sundays while I preach, I really sense that the Lord is saying a lot more than the words that are coming out of my mouth because he's speaking to hearts. Some days I know it more than others. Today the Lord's Holy Spirit has been here. And he's been talking to some of you. If you heard something this morning that you needed to hear, you needed to hear it. Would you just simply put your hand up and hand down? Because I'm going to pray over us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> God, you're so good. You're so good to us, Father. See, the Lord wants us to experience. You can put your hands down. He wants us to experience his goodness. And I'm going to pray with you and over you. Let me pray for you first, and then we're going to pray in closing together. Lord, today I thank you for the truth of your word. God, I thank you that there's a joy that's found in Jesus Christ that we all have open and accessible and available to us. God, today we, we realize that, God, there have been some things that have held us back. There have been some things that we've been in bondage to. God, there's been some things that we've not relaxed in or 
God, given ourselves over to you in. God, they're holding us in a place that sucked the joy. God, all the things that are trying to suck the joy out of us and we've not been able to retain it. And so, Lord, for all of these this morning, especially these who've raised their hands, God, I pray, God, I pray that you would restore their joy. God, I pray that whatever of these steps that we've talked about today, God, that spoke to them, God, whatever was said to them from your spirit, Lord, that bypassed even my lips today, God, I pray that they would walk in it. God, that they would have heard your voice, your voice, and God, they'll walk in it today. God, and they'll experience the joy and the freedom that you intended us to walk in. God, I pray that over them today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, would you stand with me this morning? And I'm going to ask for us, we don't do this often. This is not kind of like the way we do things. But as I was preparing uh, this, actually last night, I really felt like that we should close this in a prayer. And it's the, it's the thing you can do early in the morning, and it's really simple. And it will cover all of these things we've talked about today. But would you repeat after me that we would just pray these things? This is the kind of prayer that we could start our days with. And it's simply this. Lord, I thank you that I'm completely forgiven. And what matters most in my relationship is you, my family, and the people you've surrounded me with. God, if nothing else gets done today, would you allow me to know you better? Lord, will you search my heart and test my thoughts and show me areas you're working in. Because God, today, I choose to put the past behind me. The pain, the shame, the regrets, the unforgiveness and the bitterness. Lord, I choose to forgive. I forgive you know who for you know what. And I focus on the future that I have in you. Amen. Amen. Blessings. I'm going to ask that our prayer teams would come forward this morning. And I just want you to know, if you're new here, we're kind of old-fashioned in one simple way that only way that I can think of that we're an old-fashioned church and that is this we're just simple enough to believe that God still hears and answers prayer and if you have need prayer for anything we have people up here at the front these are some of our elders and prayer partners and they believe that God will work in the midst of prayer so whatever your need would be this morning if you would Come and let them pray with you before you leave. Otherwise, I'm just going to simply bless you as we go. Father, I thank you for the privilege to be in your house today. God, I thank you for these, your people. And God, I ask that as we go today, we go in your favor and in your might. And that we experience your unsurpassing joy. God, may we be the people you've designed us to be and live in the joy you've designed us to live in. I pray that today. 
For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.